Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast. We're so happy you're here today to learn about how to create fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your small business. Hello, business rock stars. My name is Maggie Mongan, and I am your host for today. I'm a multi-time number one international best-selling business author, small business thought leader, and business growth strategist for 20 years now. I am the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc., where we guide small businesses to optimize business performance and leadership, plus their essential marketing so they can shine brightly. If you're new to our show, you will click quickly, very quickly, notice that I honestly believe that small businesses are the accelerant of our economy, that inadvertently, I ended up creating a number one best-selling book series for small businesses. But don't worry, we'll share a little bit more about that in a bit. And here's the most important thing. Like all good things that come together, I didn't create them alone. Success requires friends to help you. I think uh, the Beatles say that I get by with a little help from my friends. (laughs) So I would like to invite you to listen to another business rock star today. I'd like to invite you to embrace Dennis Hill, who is one of our returning tenured experts. Dennis Hill is a two-time number one best-selling business author in our series. Dennis, welcome and congrats on being this great wisdom sharer that you are. Well, thank you, Maggie. I, I'm humbled by the whole experience. I've never thought that that kind of rating um, or award would ever be given. And it, and it really proves more the need is out there to share the thoughts we have rather than just the passion that I have to share it. You know, I mean, you need both. Right? You need Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. So, right. It's, a, it's been a it's been a, a wonderful journey. And and I'm so thrilled that you said that there, there's such a need because when I say inadvertently created a number one best-selling book series for small businesses, it was only intended to be one book, but the demand was so great, it did become a five-volume series. So thank you for being part of that, a very significant part of the series, Dennis. <sighs> Everyone, here it is. It's important for you to know who Dennis Hill is because he is the founder of Sagacity, which works with small and medium-sized businesses to integrate and streamline workforce processes for improved productivity and predictable profits. I love that. Predictable profits, Dennis. Thank Mm -hmm. you for bringing in that critical word of predictability. Uh, I imagine that you are very busy working with businesses to accomplish a better way of conducting their business, aren't you, these days? Well, you know, I retired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But given the unusual circumstances the world finds itself in, just passing, by the way, 8 billion people population-wise this week, Hmm. we look at the fact that human endeavor is, is centered around family for most people and work. Um, now work can take different forms and shapes, but the reality is I think that uh, few people wanna find a retirement to be a purposeless life existence. And it would obviously kill me. So when I had the opportunity to come in and, and continue to help uh, with certain small businesses um, and continue to help in the volunteer sector with certain organizations like um, the International Association for HR Information Management, the Society of Manufacturing Engineers and a few others. I really thought this was gonna be retirement row and I'd have you know a reasonable number of hours a week and I'd be able to sit back and read my New York Times and do my crossword puzzle and watch a little bit of Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune at night and back. And I'm not even sure who's hosting Jeopardy these days. That's how, how little time I had to, to tune down. But um, 
but long story short, uh, I don't know if I'll ever retire. I, as you know, I've said in the past, I'm kind of a, an unreformable workaholic. And um, I don't know what, I don't even know what was in my head to say that I retired other than I'm not dedicated to just one business or enterprise uh, largely. I'm helping a lot of different people. Well, I, I think that shift has to reflect upon who you choose to work with mm -hmm. instead of the, I have to work. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I choose to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, indeed you do. <laughs> uh, things are beautiful. There, there is so much transformation happening right now. And that's, that's why um, it's really important that we have this final interview on this particular podcast with you because you provide so much valuable information for our readers and our listeners and then as you wrote two amazing chapters in volume four which is the beautiful amethyst purple covered colored book in our series i got to say that carefully um and then in volume volume five which was the turquoise covered book you you just shared some really great information one on integrating productivity and the other on integration to boost profitability and they go hand in hand i almost see it as like a part one part two conversation that we split up in your chapters and mm -hmm. it, it adds great value to the book series and i guess i should share what the name of our series is since we're speaking of it right? that would be great <laughs> That would be brilliant. <laughs> oh, you're so full of puns today. <laughs> so the number one best-selling business book series for small businesses is Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And the subtitle is Fresh Perspectives on Profitability People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. Now, this is really great because like I, I said, in volume four, Dennis started the conversation about the significance of business integration to improve productivity. And then volume five, he continued it. And the conversation was about how and why it's important to integrate one's business tools and systems to create a profitable business. Now, as I say this, that's that starts to sound a little heavy, but I want to share with you that Dennis unpacked it pretty simply for you to pick up and say, oh, this is how I need to be looking at this. This is how I need to be focused on this new destination instead of where I have been focusing. And he even brought in the example of a yo-yo and a penny. Dennis, do you just want to briefly share that before we dive into your questions today? Yeah, yeah thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Maggie. The, the issue for most small business owners is just getting through the day. Uh, whether they're a startup or they've been in business for a while, or they are the founder or the second generation of the founder, all of these things uh, matter. Uh, to a small business owner to the point where it becomes like looking at an isolated fire, just one fire after another, after another, after another, after another. But one of the things that as a systems person, I, I, I come to observe is the a bigger picture, the ability to look at the cause and effect and the interdependencies within the business. So productivity. We wrote product, we, I wrote about productivity in the first, um, well, the fourth volume of the series in my first article, because productivity is ultimately the goal of, a, of an operating officer. They want to improve the productivity of the people. They want to improve the output of the company. And right. these things all drive to the bottom line. And if you have processes in the organization that are literally littered with impediments, speed bumps, whatever, interfaces, then you are managing the entire organization almost on an exception basis. In other words, the exceptions become the rule. 
And many small business owners, your, our audience that we're talking to today will agree, I think largely, that firefighting is necessary and sometimes it's dominating of the time that they put into the business. And in many cases, they're looking for a way out because they're managing these impediments. They're managing these exceptions constantly. And so what happens is rather than running an oper and operating a nice, smooth company from order to fulfillment and then encouraging feedback, we just want to get the darn service out there and get the <laughs> out there. What, what, do you, what do you mean do a quality survey? What, what do you mean ask customer, you know, how they felt about our customer service team? I don't have time for that because I'm on to the next fulfillment. And that means I'm processing another series of impediments and interruptions and distractions and problems. So where do these largely lie? In the lack of integration between the customer engagement process, the sales order process, the production and the delivery process, and the post-sale process. We live in an age where relationships matter. Relationships are never analytically broken down at some sort of granular level. I love you, Maggie, for who you are. Everything about you that I know from, from your smile and your grin and sometimes your frown right on the fa face there to enjoying a nice meal at Panera to laughing at each other's off, uh, you know, really strange jokes sometimes. I mean, we're the only two people in the world that get some of this stuff sometimes. <laughs> That's who you are. And I accept you who you are as an integrated human being. Everything about you, okay? Everything about human beings is integrated. And yet we spend a lot of time trying to disintegrate, divide, analyze, break things down to granular level. And in doing that, rather than having bigger lenses to run our business, we end up with monocles. In fact, all different sizes, all different shapes, all different ways to look at one thing in our business. And that process becomes an impeding process to productivity. And ultimately, as we wrote in the second chapter, in the, in the fifth volume, it affects the bottom line. So our yo-yo, how can I improve my bottom line by improving my productivity of building a yo-yo? Well, I, we did this in real life. I'm not going to give away any trade secrets and tell you that a yo-yo costs, let's just assume it costs 30, 35 cents to build. If I can take a penny out of that at my normal rate of production, I can drop fifty dollars to $100,000 to the bottom line for every work center I'm building yo-yos. Now, pull your hair out. How much yo-yo can you build? How many consumers are there in the world for yo-yos? millions a year, millions. Okay. What does that translate into for my business? You millions know? of and pennies. Then that's it. Save that penny and drive it down and look at the processes that are eating those pennies on their way from the top line of your income statement to the bottom. Because there's all sorts of little things in between there from the intake to the savings at the end that eat those pennies up. We want to put those back in. So we need to pull back and look at the big picture. Yes. All right. This is really important. You said something that I know is so true is that small businesses tend to make each customer experience unique, usually in the process of delivering it not in necessarily what it is, but in the process of delivering it, the fulfillment, the whole system. Yeah. And that is a time suck. And it wastes not only time, but mental capacity as well, because they shouldn't be unique. If you're doing customization, that's a slightly different story, but there's still a process to that. And you're just checking, you know, yes or no on this or that for customization. So I, I want to just bring everybody back to that for a moment. Dennis is really sharing something that's important. When we slow down to, to make every sale process unique, 
we slow down period and we are ineffective, inefficient, and we are not as profitable. So keep that in mind. Um, thank you for sharing. Dennis, you have a long-standing reputation in the technology sector, and mm -hmm. you are known to be very cutting edge. Since I've known you, you forecasted certain things occurring in the industry, and they've actually come true. Surprise, surprise. Um, not for you, but it's neat to see that occur. So that's one of the reasons why I'm thrilled with you being here today, because I know we're going to discuss some innovative and transformative things that are occurring right now that small business owners can take the lead on, and this can boost your business considerably. Um, so that's like my third question. Can we address two other questions first? You're, you're the podcast interviewer. Every, every, I'm at your disposal. <laughs> you're so funny. Okay. Your first question. Hard to believe it's already, you know, a few years ago that you did volume four and last year with volume five. What is the number one insight you have from either one of your chapters and why is it so important for business owners? The process of integrating a business from, like I said before, from finding and engaging the prospect all the way through sales, all the way into delivery and post-delivery relationship building can either be a series of tasks that you create and recreate, which is the time suck we were, you were talking about earlier. Right. Want to have a unique experience available to my customers and every customer wants to feel unique. You know, when you're a consultant, you never say to one, you never say to a client, I was too busy with this client over here. <laughs> they want to be at least have the perception that they are your only client. Right. All right. Uh, and consultants can understand that. But if you don't have an integrated approach to your business from A to Z, from prospecting to relationship building after the sale, all of that in between, you are, you are creating really just a, a serial line of tasks and lots of customizations. Because you want to, you're, you're creating, 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 creating. And creating is the, um, oh, what's, what's, uh, creating is the time suck that you said earlier, right? Mm, yeah. uh, that's the time suck. And you don't have time, uh, well, even in a restaurant, uh, the, the most exclusive restaurants, they don't even advertise. Right. <laughs> right. They're, they're word of mouth and you need permission to come in. You need to call ahead and have a reservation if they even have a listed number. OK, I have been to restaurants like this. You don't go in there and order from a menu. You're going to go in there and you're going to get whatever the chef. Is providing you with. OK, whatever right. chef is going to give the chef is going to cook you something. And there might only be a couple of dozen patrons in there that night or parties, right? The tables. Um, but they're going to cook for you what their specialty is that evening. Chef Irvine, I think is his name on the Food Channel, is another example of a guy like that. He can take really many, many different kinds of things and uh, that you would think, oh, how can you do anything with Brits? And how can you do anything with this? And he will integrate a meal for you out of stuff that's in your refrigerator that you could never, ever make taste like this chef can do. And, and he has cooked in the battlefields and he's cooked in nursing homes and he's cooked all using the ingredients that these, that these places already have on hand. And yet he makes a masterpiece out of it. But the experience for you is individual, yet he's provided that on a mass scale. Why? Because he integrates the flavors. He integrates the take on this. He integrates the textures. He sees what he has to work with and he makes it all work together. Okay. That is what integration is. And that's what small business owners greatest challenge is because if you don't do that, 
You're trying to get the grits to taste a particular way. You're trying to get the, the roasted uh, Brussels sprouts to taste a particular way and just give up on the tenderloin. It's going to come out the way it's going to come out, right? <laughs> that, and, and we all know that that could be the way we express it, but that's where success breeds excellence. Because you can be very good at what you're doing, but you may not be excelling. You may not be realizing the full potential because you haven't taken the time to truly look at your business in an integrated process perspective. Okay. I love that. I know there's a lot of words. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's, that's okay. But really what you're talking about is to the customer, it needs to be unique, but on the back end for us, the providers, the solution providers, it needs to be standardized. And that's what he's doing. He's, he's creating once and then he's replicating. Yeah. Okay. And, and if we can remember, it can become that simple. And that ties into what you were talking about earlier. Right. It's gold because it does move us from success. Well, it moves us from struggling to success. That's the first thing. Because you have to step back and do this and it takes work to do it. But then once you have it, it quickly moves you from constant success to excellence. So thank you for that, Dennis. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for, (laughs) I say, are you ready for the next question? But maybe it's more our listeners ready for the next question. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) here we go. What is the number one quote? that is still important for business owners to know and why? Oh, you know, the, the, the thing is, it's all nugget driven, right? I mean, you can go over to a fast food restaurant and, and, and get a nicely roasted, crispy entire body of a chicken and eat it, or you can go in there and get the little nuggets. And I kind of feel like I'm taking this wonderful, you know, Thanksgiving turkey, and I'm going to give you one little processed piece of meat off of it yes that's true but you have (laughs) many episodes that our listeners can go back and listen to and you have two fabulous chapters with oh i'm just going to jump ahead a little bit with fabulous glossaries and i want to thank you for doing that for our listeners and our readers because it helps them look at everything differently which i believe is really your invitation Mm mm-hmm so they can focus on doing what matters most for their business. So, well, and that's, and, and that's the, that's the thing. So the, the quote is, is a longstanding quote. It's part of my philosophy. And it basically is this on page 35 of, of volume five. Uh, it's in the first few paragraphs, which are entitled by the way, subheaded as intentions, not instincts. We're not here to shoot from the hip. We're here to eye a target and aim for it as sharply as we can and and, uh, hit it with absolute predictability. And that brings us back to, again, the issue of predicting profits. But here it is. If not intentionally engaged by small business owners, change indeed will manage them. (laughs) In other words... we, we've heard manage change or change will manage you. But in reality, most people think, well, I'll just be aware of it. I know that this, this head storm is coming or something's going on in my business or this is what's happening in the supply chain or you know, wages are jumping up or my cost of fuel is going out of control. All these things, well, that's fine. That's being aware of it, but that's not intentionally engaging them and saying, well, maybe we should have multiple competing sources for our fuel. Maybe we should continuously advertise for positions in our company because somebody's going to find a better job and they're going to leave. You know, it used to be, for example, in the HR industry, you wouldn't advertise for a position unless it was open. Well, that's already put you at a timeline deficit to your competition who's out there advertising all the time. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you need to be intentional in, in your management processes and managing change has to be at the top of list of things that you manage. You can't ignore it. Uh, you may not like change. A lot of small business owners don't like change. They're, most human beings don't like change. But there is a group out there of people who love change. They thrive on change. They, they thirst for change. Um, you have change managers. You have change agents. I'm a change catalyst. I don't show up just on there. I'm going to change something. 
I'm either the lightning or the lightning rod. <laughs> that's that's not a comfortable position for 99% of the people out there, which is why I position myself where I do, because I can work with people in an almost an unfiltered way, but I do it with some filters. Because what really gets them is the intentionality. How did you do that? How did you accomplish so many things with that team in such a short period of time? That would have taken us years to do because we did everything with intention. Nothing was left to incidental, accidental, or come what may. Brilliant. I don't think we need to add another word to that. It's very, very clear what you're saying. Are you, do you have something else you'd like to add? Well, we're all back on our heels, right? On, on something like that. The global pandemic forced many to reassess the value of digital strategies. <laughs> oh, we don't want to have to worry about that. It's IT takes care of that. Okay, well, the problem is you don't have IT people in people's homes and that's where they were working from. Oops, new business model. Many had confused things like worldwide commerce with world-class commerce. <laughs> Oh, what a great play on words. <laughs> so that's all I'm sharing with people today. Intentionality and, and building teams of managers for, to strive for excellence and to achieve that. You have to get them to succeed first. And you can't succeed if all you're doing is spending your day managing out failure or avoiding the possibility of failure. And that's what a lot of organizations do. Hmm. Again, focus is in the wrong area. We focus on not failing instead of setting ourselves up to succeed. Well, how do, how do you excel? See, now I'm going to turn the podcast to them. How, how do people excel? Well, people excel because they know what they're doing. That's one thing. And there's repetition. And I could go on and on and on because I, I actually blog quite often about success and excellence and uh, like a thousand times over. So <laughs> well, there's different aspects, but this, this is a very fascinating conversation. <laughs> I want to stay here. Den it's going to yield something because it's going to be the basis of everything that people are going to hear and understand when we start talking about things like the metaverse. Okay. Well, this is where I want us to go. Okay. Because I know we're getting short on time, but I do want to take us to this next and final question that we have for you here in our podcast, because, you know, I love to open up the excellence conversation in the new show that we're going to be starting. So um, that's, can we shelf that for the moment? Except for what, let me just tell you, you exceed, you excel. You can be successful in a lot of things, but excellence is a, is a, a whole magnitude beyond just success, right? Yes. A different definition of success. But we can all say, we can look at a situation and say, well, they're not successful because they don't have a lot of money. They're successful because of this, that, and the other thing. Success has a number of different interpreters and judges, by the way. Excellence, though, that... There's a standard there. How do, you, how do you really become excellent? How do you excel? And the simple answer to that is overcome your weaknesses because it's your weaknesses that hold you back. It's, yeah, it's, it's practice. practice. You can't practice, get in the heaven if you continue to succumb to your temptations and sin. It's a weakness. There you go. Excel your, I, I got to put the spiritual in there. <laughs> right? okay. Let, okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and I love that, but let's get on to the, the last question because you already gave some insight. I want to uh, know, you know, you're this cutting edge guy, you're innovative. What is it that is interesting you the most? And um, when you share it, can you crack it open a little bit so we have a perspective of how it relates to benefiting small businesses? Ha, tall order, huh? Well, what, what do you want me to focus on? Let's start with what it is. What is interesting you the most these days? And oh, then I'll just ask good, you to thank give you. one application. Metaverse. Metaverse. Okay. The, the, the so, decentralized economy, everything that's coming down the pipe, because that's where I've always sat. 
right? I've always leaned ahead of the skis. Yes, you have. Or the surfboard. Mm -hmm. Okay, so metaverse. I, I know that a lot of people think the metaverse is the new Facebook company, but that's not at all what you're speaking of. Correct. No, no, that's meta. That's just a name, right? Right, but but they say metaverse, and 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 it's like no, 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 no. That's meta. This yeah. is what we're going to talk about is metaverse. Right, and and metaverse is the really the the realization of the next generation of a digitally transformed society. The next generation of a digitally transformed society. So this is where it's going. This is yes. And and I bet you're about to say, well, Maggie, we're not just going there. We're already there. In part, we are. And there are many architects running around out there who would like to convince you of what it's going to be, but they themselves have no clue. Oh. Nobody knows what's sitting at the end of the metaverse development phase. Nobody. So it's a mystery. Yeah, everything we see. Well, it's like a it's like a room full of startups, right? Everybody has different ideas on what the future is going to be. I mean, we've got a wireless connected society that's secure with 5G. So what's the next evolution from that? Well, 6G. Well, what's that look like? Well, I don't know, right? Or 7G. Um, blockchain. Blockchain is more, is, has been kind of misnomer. The proper term is distributed ledger technology, which is where the transactions are chopped into billions of pieces of data spread all over the internet. And each little piece is encoded, encrypted and linked to one another, which gives you again, absolute security. But you know what? It's quantum computing. It's, it's uh, the ability to process faster than the brain processes information. It's visual immersion. You know, Now who wants to sit with goggles on their face for eight hours a day? <laughs> yeah, if you look at all of these different ads about the metaverse on TV, you got everybody wearing goggles. There's no way that's the metaverse because it's not human compatible. It's not ergonomic. So all these things that were it's like somebody rolling out uh, an engine on some wheels that's clickety clackety down the road and saying this is going to replace the horse. Mm. And it's not, it's probably not going to be realized. And, and it's even in a mature way, it's potential for at least 20 more years. And that's dis that's disheartening to people who are in the fast paced, hey, let's throw money at it and invent something new kind of mode, right? People okay. all in the, the NFTs and crypto kind of stuff. And, and then again, up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's completely un unpredictable. It's, com it's volatile. And unless you like the, the, the rodeo ride on the Bronco, it's probably safer, more interesting to sit in the stands and watch the show. But that's not what raising horses is all about. It's about running <laughs> Mustangs wildly out through the Southwest. We'll take a few of them. We'll put them in a, in a theater and we'll bounce them around with some people on their backs and we'll give some entertainment and collect a lot of money. That is not what raising horses is all about. So the metaverse today is very premature. And I would say the visualization of it is inadequate. And I'm being generous uh, because it's, there's, there's all sorts of things that have to be developed. We need, we need a legal framework. We, we can't even figure out how to, how to um, monitor and manage crypto in the United States. Data privacy. We can't seem to get an agreement on what is your data and what is the data that's owned by other people, other organizations. Well, none of it, to be honest. I mean, I can I can take a soapbox here, but there's so many foundational things here that have yet to be defined that could completely change the direction of the development of the metaverse overnight. So the only thing that I can predict about the future of the metaverse is what we think it is today is not what it really will be at the end. <laughs> it sounds like children. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, this cute little bundle of joy and we have all these expectations and then we find out that they don't like this or that and they have their own thoughts and their own preferences. And 
that something they end up becoming a different human being than what we thought when we were holding them when they were a couple months old. Well, so isn't that, that isn't that what parents do, right? They as much as they do, we we would call people like this in Hollywood stage moms, <laughs> right? They live vicariously through their children, and God help them if they disappoint. That is not what the rest of the real world deals with. But vicariousness is exactly what we see in the evolutionary phase right now, the metaverse. Different people, and I don't care if it's people like Elon Musk, who's got a lot of money and he's investing and he's doing all the stuff we hear about with Tesla or Twitter or these things, that's the public show. What we don't know about is the billions he's got invested in these startups in the background that are evolving the granular technologies that will really result in metaverse. Okay. Right. So, and, and then when we see, you know, a little startup in, in Texas or a little startup in California or a little startup in Australia or Singapore or something like that, I, and I know what's going on globally in terms of HR information management. So I'm plugged into a lot of this, like, like what's called power beaming, solar panels in space, collecting the power in the least, um, uh, impeded way to use that word and then beaming that power to terrestrial stations on the earth for distribution in your neighborhood what do you mean solar panels not on my roof no better massively scaled scale things and before you say well that sounds like science fiction it's not there's actual companies building these tools today but you don't know about it the average joe doesn't know about it or sue Right, the, the, it, because you're not there, you're not living on the edge. My point is this, what you don't see is gonna have much more to do with what comes out at the end, just like with children, <laughs> that what you think you can live through vicariously is probably not gonna be what's there. It's gonna be something completely different. Okay, so this is really beautiful because you're saying, okay, everyone, you're, you're hearing about the metaverse, we're going through all these changes, we have, we have this concept of like blockchain and NFTs and, and all these other things, but this isn't the end of the game, it's just us experimenting and seeing what's possible, so it moves us towards the end of the game. Right. Yeah. The first 40 years of computing was based largely on three programming languages, COBOL for business, Fortran for scientists and assembly language for the computer geeks. OK. Oh, well, we can't teach those to students. So Dartmouth College came up with this thing called basic and then everybody learned basic. And that was the fundamental language of the PCs. Do we use basic today in business? Yeah, there is a version of business basic, but today we use completely different tools like relationship, um, uh, relationship databases, relationship management databases, RDBMSs. Uh, we use artificial intelligence tools, inference engines. We use, um, we have quantum computing technology, but we don't really have it in a commercial state yet. But it's coming. My point is this: what we saw back in the '40s, '50s, '60s, and '70s has little to has little uh, similarity with what we see today with the web, what we see with the technology in the palm of our hands. So for anybody to sit there and say the metaverse is this and put a 30 minute, uh, I'm sorry, a 30 second or 60 minute, a 60 second commercial on TV with people wearing goggles and swinging baseball bats and doing all this other stuff, the reality is that is not reality. That's marketing type today so that people can begin to vicariously experience something that's probably not going to be at the end of the time. Got it. If okay. I knew today what, what cell phone technology offers, would you have bought a brick phone <laughs> or a bag phone? No. Right. And, and so it's evolutionary. Now, let me give you one that might get me in some hot water. We, we all agree that a clean, healthy, world is, is desirable. No, no pollution, right? I remember the commercials in the 70s, clean up the rivers and the waterways. And I said, it was horrible, right? right. And, and, and we see these commercials for uh, the, uh, the water at Camp Lejeune and all these different things happening, okay? Electric vehicles are not ready, period. You can't run them long enough. You can't charge them fast enough and they don't survive well enough particularly in temperatures like up here in Wisconsin in the wintertime. 
to make them a viable alternative to what people are used to using, which is what they're used to using, fossil fuels. That's, that is a really good example of where that time is necessary. It takes nine months to have a baby. That whole kid analogy is perfect. You can't make it in eight months. You can't make it in seven months. It takes nine months to make a baby. It's going to take a certain amount of fixed time to produce the metaverse. It's going to take a certain amount of fixed time to produce autonomous vehicles. It's going to take a certain amount of time to produce electric vehicles. These kinds of things take time. And no political speech, no billionaire visionaire, visionary can make that happen any faster than the process of innovation, development, and change that does, has its own natural frequency. It has its own natural rhythm. And this is why we appreciate you. You clarify the cutting edge for us, Dennis. You, you know, there's the first part of the conversation, the practicality of how to be in, in the now and when big in the now. But then it's also, and, and here, here's what's coming down the pipeline or, or the train track is probably a better way to say that. The train tracks and be aware that just because it's coming doesn't mean you have to alter everything and what you perceive is coming is the it because we're, we're so early we are a society of creative human beings we are not lemmings <laughs> and that's everybody by the way everybody i don't care if you work on an assembly line and you don't do any design engineering work or any of that stuff we live in a in a very diverse creative being, I mean, we're there. I don't, I don't want to sound too, too vague about it, but exactly what you're saying. We all have a time machine. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> you can transport yourself to the future. You do it every single day. You shut your eyes and you wake up eight hours later. <laughs> what was there last night was the hope of $1.9 billion for everybody who woke up this morning and oops, there were no numbers announced. There's a problem. Would you have bought it? You know, I mean, it has little to do with how many tickets were sold for the Powerball last night, but my point is this. What you went to bed thinking completely changed in the future when you woke up. And that's all I'm saying. Metaverse is the same way. You're going to shut your eyes at some point. We do it in our businesses as small business owners. We shut our eyes and we wake up tomorrow and we think it's going to be the same thing as we've done before. At least we hope it is. And it rarely is because something's happened in the last 24 hours, the last 12 hours. However, that is, we have to flex on that change, which is why we have to be intentional about managing change, not incidental, not accidental, not the effect of our, of our surroundings, but the cause of that. And that's what we need to do. And I'm, I know I'm stealing some, some say, phrases probably from somebody other, other, other great people, but I love that. Be the cause of your surroundings and not the effect. Be intentional about everything you do, because when you shut your eyes and you go into that time machine, you don't know what's going to be on the other side when you wake up. You hope it's going to be similar to, if not the same as yesterday, because you don't want change. But there's no guarantee of that. And the metaverse is exactly where that's at right now. I guarantee you, many, many people are shutting their eyes and waking up the next day, and it's a completely different ballgame for them. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know some people that are freaking out over NFTs and they're like, I don't know anything about NFTs. Da, 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 da. And I said, or maybe you don't need to, you know, and maybe you do, hype, maybe you don't. The hype is not behind us completely, but the hype was a year ago at this time. I mean, markets were surging in the crypto economy. NFTs for tying your licensed products, your, your avatars, your little pictures, your little whatever else you're trying to sell out there. That's great. I mean, I, I'm part of a team that's actually doing feasibility studies for companies that are looking at how to use crypto other than as a currency. 
and, and right. this is one of them, serializing products. But you know what? We don't have beta tapes anymore. We don't, we don't know what that's going to look like at the end. Right. So the, there's so much. And this is rather refreshing because it gives everybody just a moment to catch up and just say, huh, okay, I don't have to be perhaps so forward thinking in the futuristic. Maybe I should just take care of what's happening right now and the way we're doing business now. And if anything, Dennis, that's what I'm, I'm picking up for our listeners is integrate intentionally now get your foundation taken care of because then when when you want to go play with all these other toys and advancements knowing that they're going to come and go and that's that's really a great lesson there they are going to come and go you can do that because you already have a solid foundation for your current business so it's like first things first right yes okay right oh I would love for us to talk longer, but we probably need to take a break. <laughs> Our listeners are like, <laughs> Dennis, you're a rock star. Oh, only because I have a great agent who herself is a rock star. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank so. You. So thank you. Listeners, this is how you can learn more and engage with number one international best-selling business author, Dennis Hill. Start by reading his chapters in volumes four and five in the book series, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. Um, we're everywhere. Amazon, you could get the whole series, you could get individual books, it's up to you what you want to do. But again, I want to thank you, Dennis, because again, you created a very robust glossary for everybody. And it's like a guide to get them going so they can look through this fresh lens. So thank you for doing that. Because I think that's a, a great leg up in starting to focus on change. You, you were awesome. And it's, and it's really good because people are going to be encouraged in our market, right? That our colleagues that are small business owners all around the world are going to be encouraged to pursue their dreams, okay? There's a practical road to that. Yes, there is. Practical road to that. Pursue your dreams, but pursue them with intentionality and an integrative approach to life as well as your business, and you will be happier. You will be Freshly perceiving profitability, people, productivity, and peace in your business. <laughs> Boom. That was uh, definitely a drop of the mic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So while you're Thanks, on a roll, Dennis, <laughs> would you please share with our listeners how they could learn more about the emerging metaverse? Because I know you have a special little place for people to go. I do. Um, integrateforgrowth.com is the website, integrateforgrowth.com. Because if the metaverse is anything, it's an integrated reality, not just a digital series of these granular things. And, um, and there is a download there. There is a recipe that, that we produced. I produced based off of my experience of, of many decades of working with different and diverse organizations. Taking an idea, turning it into reality is more than a cliche. It's a lot of hard work. And there's, there, there are recipes to do this. Uh, so integrateforgrowth.com. And, and of course, uh, the Brilliant Breakthroughs app. I, I have to put a plug in there. Okay, if we didn't have the Brilliant Breakthroughs app, I mean, right in the palm of your hand, access, and I added up the hours being the OCDIM. I added up the hours of all of the experience of the authors from the five volumes that are available through here. It's a millennium a business experience, a, a thousand years of business experience that small business owners can tap unashamedly, confidently. Oh, and might I say intentionally to improve <laughs> their business. I, I agree. It is a really cool thing that we provide for our listeners and our readers. So the app that Dennis Hill is speaking of is for the book series and the full brand, the authors, the podcast. Uh, we have a social media page there. It, 
we even have a really cool feature, but maybe we should share the name first. Go to your app store and download Brilliant Biz Book. Again, Brilliant Biz Book, B-I-Z Book. Once you're there and you're on the inside, click on a feature that's Ask an Expert, and you'll see Dennis Hill's name there. Click on it, type in your question for him. I'm serious. It's going to pop open like a little email experience. You'll know what to do. You'll zip it off to him. He'll get it and he will respond back to you. I think that is like one of the coolest bonuses, direct access to experts. I totally agree. And in a world of 8 billion people, <laughs> consider yourself average. Just consider yourself average. That makes you more potential, more growth oriented, more excellence bound than half of the people in the world. You can make this happen. And all of these authors and, and, and with Maggie's uh, coaching and tutelage and her experience and all of these, I mean, all these authors, you can reach out to every single one of them and, and do that confidently without fearing that they're going to hit you with a, with a, well, here's a little teaser. Now give me $10,000. It's not what this is about. This is about just getting people to relate to one another, to mutually support one another in an ever increasingly challenging world. You, you have been called to own and operate and build a business. You have a right to get the best advice you possibly can. And this is a great start. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. Where do I find all this advice on marketing and HR and finance and systems and integration and whatever else is out there? Brilliant biz book app put you right in contact with everybody there it is that's our pr man for the day <laughs> you know why i didn't retire but really right yeah this is just absolutely hilarious i love that so we're here to serve that's what dennis is saying and you know, we don't know what we, you don't know what you don't know. And we don't know what we don't know. We speak with other experts as well. So take advantage, please take advantage of this. We want you to win big in this century. Okay. And clearly not just last century's practices that might be a little updated. Forget that. We're talking this century and looking into the future. So thank you, Dennis, today for your wisdom sharing Oh my gosh, in, in the show notes, we'll have all your episodes so our listeners can go back and hear what you have to say. You're, you're just a rock star. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm only, I'm only standing on your shoulders. Oh, listen to you. And, and I'm grateful for every shoulder that I've stood on as well. Yes. Thank you. And you're welcome. All right. So listeners, we get to thank you. We appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Shine brightly until next week.